This is Blue Zoo Radio, a show dedicated to the aquatic hobby. Here's your host, Frank Reese. Every week, Ikari brings you a special guest from around the world of aquatics for a unique perspective on the industry. We call it Spanning the Globe with Ikari. All right, welcome to Blue Zoo Radio. Um, I, I, I want to say it's probably a really cool edition. I like to think some of our shows are cool, but I've got uh, some heavy hitters on the show today. So I think we're going to do a roll call. I think it's probably best that way. I'll let each introduce themselves and where they're from and what they do, and you'll all know them. It's a piece of cake. We'll let Joe go first. Joe, give us a hit. Yeah, um, uh, Joe Shilkis from uh, APAT Incorporated in Illinois. Um, APET is a wholesale distributor for tropical fish. So we're uh, distributing to retailers all over the Midwest. Steven? This is Steve Lundblad from the Cichlid Exchange in Portland, Oregon. We're also a tropical fish distributor where we ship fish coast to coast. We also raise a number of species of fish here as well and just try to send the best fish we can to retail stores around the country. Stefan? Yeah, this is uh, Stefan Tanner from uh, Amazonas Magazine and Swiss Tropicals. So we try to to write up anything that's interesting about fish and try to publish good pictures and lots of cool stories in Amazonas Magazine. And uh, Swiss Tropicals is uh, probably best known for a series of different filter types. And I'm Frank Reese, just a talking head. So I want to... Uh... I, I, I want to get something off the table right out of the box because obviously the world, it's no secret what we're going through with the pandemic. But it's interesting because I talk to a lot of stores, I get a lot of people on the show, and I'll start with you, Joe. We, um, it seems like just from feedback from stores in general that the hobby didn't miss a beat when it came to COVID, that it's actually in a weird way, help it a little bit. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, yeah, I definitely would agree with it. It is, um, you know, it's bittersweet and a bit confusing. Um, but, uh, you know, when it, as, as things first started to hit, you know, we had a lot of significant, you know, uh, shutdown for retailers not knowing what to do, um, not knowing what they're allowed to do. Um, same for us as, uh, you know, a company in Illinois trying to follow all regulations. So, at first, it was just kind of scramble what and to figure out. As soon as stores figured out they could stay open um, and continue to stay open, they found out that it was busy. Um, so, uh, you know, it was um, there is uh, uh, a significant amount of people. Most people are at home, um, and uh, that gives the um, opportunity for them to try to figure out what they want to do when they're sitting at home, um, and they are uh not able to spend money on you know that disposable income on on everything else out there um at the movie theaters um at the at certain retailers so it's pushed a lot of uh a lot of people into what they can spend their money on at the house and pets is um pets is that their hobby is that so um that's uh it's been it's been like i said bittersweet uh you know we've been trying to keep up with 
uh, the new demand on the market. You know, Steve, you you uh, you are an interesting anomaly because you wear a bunch of different hats, uh, all good. So you get to see both sides of it because you've got the retail and you're also breeding fish. How quickly were you able to recognize that this was again as horrible as it is a, a potential, you know, uh, decent thing for the hobby that you could take advantage of and kind of spread the word about the uh, aquatics. Well, I would agree a lot with what Joe just said. Initially, when the uh, pandemic kind of hit, people weren't sure what they were going to do. And it seemed like for the first week or two, or maybe slightly longer, a number of stores weren't sure what they were going to do. So a lot of our accounts actually closed their stores completely. I think a lot of them closed. Well, there was a little bit of confusion at the beginning as to whether the um, where pets were going to be considered essential or um, something that would be able to be open. And some cities, cities weren't sure, other cities were. Our city was pretty direct right away that a pet store, or in that case, a fish store, was considered an essential business. And I think some weren't quite sure. They also weren't sure how they were going to administer the um, certain amount of people in the store, the distancing, if they were gonna wear masks or not wear masks. So um, whether their employees were gonna get sick. So I think a lot of them chose just to just close instead of dealing with that and then maybe just do curbside pickup or maybe delivery in some cases, but their actual store was not open. And I think that really affected a lot of them as far as their overall business. Our store kept it going. Um, again, my store is run by my wife, not by me, but I know what how what's going on there as far as the um, staffing and stuff. And so we definitely had less staffing because a number of the employees decided to self-quarantine themselves. So we had to go to limited days. We could close a couple days because we didn't have enough people. And we also had um, limited people in the store at one time and, and and it was open by appointment only. So we had to actually go in and somebody would take care of you. And we still have direction arrows and everything where you can only walk a certain way in the store now, trying to keep people away from each other. Um, and that's all worked pretty well. And as time's gone on, uh, people have gotten used to it. We still have a few people periodically that don't wear a mask or don't want to wear a mask and we politely tell them to leave the store. If you don't want to wear a mask, you get to leave. And a few of them have had a major fit, but we've had to remove them from it. But we're trying, you had to keep everybody else safe. And, um, but overall it's worked pretty well. So as far as some of the stores reopening, I'm not sure how they're going to get it going again, because I'm sure they lost um, market share. They lost uh, customers to other stores, whether they can regain that or not will be safe to be seen. But I think most of them have, that I know of have at least reopened, but their orders have been quite small. So I don't know how that's going to work with those, but everybody else seems to have done relatively well. And I think uh, a number of the independents did really well because of the fact that the uh, larger chain stores did not have fish because of the supply chain, most of coming through Los Angeles with no flights and no cargo a number of the bigger um, transit companies closed down completely or very, very limited. So that meant that the right. chain stores had no fish. So the independents had a foot up on them for that. Now that they do have fish, it seems like a number of the independents who were doing quite well have slowed down a little bit. Um, but uh, a lot of them are still doing really well and overall business is very good. It's just the lack of fish is the biggest problem. So I, I wanna paint a picture for those um... We don't know this, but Joe has a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. 
That's a nine, five, four, and one. So he's mm-hmm. doing this interview hiding out in his car. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if he brought a pillow to sleep after the interview was done. <laughs> But we have yeah. so there's no no noise behind Joe. So Joe, um, Steve brings up some great points. And as a purchasing director, you know what I would imagine at some point, if still, are you scrambling? Are you you know do you guys breed your own fish? I mean, you know what are some of the avenues that you've literally had to work through and challenges to um, fulfill some stuff? Mm. Yeah. Um... There's been a there's been a couple rounds of different challenges, <laughs> and uh, you know so the, the first round is okay. Stores can stay open. We can stay open. Um, second round is okay. We need to get flights for <laughs> of shipments coming in. Um, we need to get product, and now the round is is okay. We need to get enough product because stores are busy and. I mean, it's really affecting, I believe this, um, I believe the market has grown. The, 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 the pie got bigger for the pet industry, for the fish industry. Um, and I, I believe it's beyond the U.S. as well. I believe it's across the world. It's kind of crazy. But um, I have communication with people all over the place. And uh, um, there is a shortage on fish. Um, and uh luckily there are some you know uh very uh um strategic breeders out there picking up as fast as they can um but uh that's the challenge now is getting getting the costs uh reasonable and getting the fish here um the flights are functioning um from most countries and there's domestic stuff as well um but every you know that expense is rising and um, causing a new market price on pretty much every fish, you know, pretty much on everything, um, which is I've never lived through that before. Um, and you know, trying to establish that with uh, internally and get that you know communicated to our our customers and feeling that out and what's realistic, can they pay for that? You know, that fish that was $30 and now it's $70, are they going to take that? Um, and, uh, you know, we, you know, weaving our way through that. So the challenge is, you know, there's, we, we have some stores that are just coming back. They closed down as well. And, you know, they're just coming back and, you know, they, I think they've kind of hurt themselves to be honest. And I can't blame them. Some of them were, you know, pretty fearful. Um, but, uh, um, everybody is out there, you know, uh, pushing to get, you know, their product in and, and service their store service their customers. Um, I think are, um, you know, they're seeing success in the market. It, there's, there's, uh, a lot new pe- a lot of more new people in the pet industry right now. Steph, you kind of have, uh, the luxury a little bit of looking at this from 20,000 feet too, because, you know, you talk to a lot of people. Do you do you see this demand or the people getting into the hobby slowing down anytime soon? I do think um, the big question is is the pickup in the hobby, the expansion in the hobby, uh, something that's going to stay, or are these people then going to fall off again once you can travel again and spend the money elsewhere? 
Uh, one of my customer, wholesale customer asked that question last week. You know, you saw a big uptick in sales and, and said everything is great. But he wonders if that's going to keep rolling in that direction or if it's going to slow down again once uh, all the other entertainment options. You mentioned movies, but traveling is certainly a big issue. Going out to restaurants is, is a big thing people are not spending money on. So I don't know, to be plain honest. Uh, we see from the publishing side, we saw a huge uptick in subscriptions. I mean, people do want to read. So we were well positioned and uh, uh, got quite a big upswing in, in subscription sales. So that would indicate, yeah, people are interested and there is a solid footing of, of customers that like the hobby, are in the hobby and expand their hobby. I mean, I have probably equipped a dozen stores in the last two months with, with filters, plus uh, probably at 25 or 30 whole fish rooms <laughs> with, with sales that I was just like, where is all that? But it is exactly what Joe said at the very beginning. It has to do with the fact people are at home and they're trying to find meaning uh, with, with their time. And um, so people that may have thought about doing something for, for maybe years say, well, this is my chance. The interesting thing is it doesn't seem to affect uh, the bottom line very much. And I'm not quite sure how long that can last given the fact that there's anywhere from 15 to 20 million people either unemployed or underemployed. Now, maybe it, that is just a segment of, of the population that is not a pet customer or at least not a fish customer. But, you know, one thing is, is pretty clear if this keeps going for another year, this could eventually slow down. Well, let's... Um... Yeah, I, I would, I, I think anything, at least it's taken us into the, again, it's horrible, but at least it's taken us into the wheelhouse of aquatic sales, which is what, December, January, February, March, pretty much. Steve, you know, you also obviously master breeder and all that stuff. Are you having any problems? I know when I visited your store at, at your, your warehouse and all that, which is phenomenal, you had a bunch of wild stuff that came in as well. And I know you were selling some things. Has that taken a hit? I'm sure it's been a challenge on the wild side, bringing some as wild far, fish. As far as getting the wild fish? Yeah. Well, like Joe was mentioning the problem with the flights, um, he probably had a little bit better luck with flights being in Chicago than I did. Um, Portland is not the mecca for airlines most of the time. And when we do, when flights are functioning normally, we have plenty of flights and plenty of international flights, but during the pandemic with everything slowing down, we have absolutely zero passenger flights coming into Portland. So um, the problem has been trying to figure out how to get the fish. And so that's created um, a huge uh, demand for, um, or excuse me, a huge demand for fish, but it's also created a lot more expense. And so a lot of these wild fish that you mentioned that come from exotic places have literally been impossible to get. Again, depending on where you're located, it might be a little easier, but um, finding flights from Africa, for instance, has been non-existent. There really aren't any. Asian flights have been hard to get, um, depending on what countries and then what fish, too, because the pandemic has affected 
the fish as well as the people collecting the fish. So the people collecting a lot of these wild fish aren't collecting wild fish because they're sick or they also don't have a market for it because people aren't buying them to the other end. So they weren't collecting a lot of things. So that's created, a, again, part of the shortage is the fact that one, the fish that were being bred were being um, bought, bought up at a very fast rate, but the wild fish weren't being collected. So those weren't there to fill the niche. So again, basically, I guess I could say that wild fish, depending on where they come from, have become very hard to get, especially Africa. Asian fish are still around, but not anywhere near the supply that we had before. One thing that's definitely come tonight to mind with this whole situation and it's a statement that somebody told me years ago, which I never thought that much about directly, but I thought it was a good idea. But coming with this situation, it's perfect. It's the situation that says, in a, a situation like this, it's not what you know, but who you know. And knowing people, like Joe mentioned, in all different parts of the world, whereas your normal channels, you can't find fish, but you know enough other people that you can figure out where to get fish. And that has really been beneficial because we've had to get fish from many sources that we never would have before. Um, we like to be very um, consistent. We like to support the same vendors we have for years because it's kind of a you know, give and take with, they send you good fish, you continually buy more and more and more. And But some of the people we were used to getting fish from, we just couldn't get flights. So we had to go to new vendors, which has created a number of problems. One, what do they have wrong with their fish? How do we know about what kind of quality they have? How do they pack? A lot of things like that have created a lot of things. And like Joe mentioned, with the freight being as high as it is, when you have new vendors and you don't know how they're going to pack, um, we've had a lot of shipments come in as astronomical freight. I mean, you're paying about 300% of what we did. We had a shipment come in. It was almost $20 a kilo. So it ended up being a little over $300 a box. And so... And several of the boxes were all dead. So again, the vendor did pack, didn't know how to pack. So we ended up with a lot of dead fish and a lot of freight. So he also mentioned definitely that prices during a pandemic, interestingly enough, have all went up dramatically, especially again, wild fish because of the scarcity of some of them um, and the cost of the freight and the wild fish being a little more sensitive in some cases than domestic, they can't pack as many. So it's driven up the cost even more of wild fish, which which we do a lot of, but a lot of customers have kind of shied away from some of them because they tend to be a little more expensive now than some of the tank raised versions of the same thing. I think, um, and Joe, by the way, I, I know this is your first time on the show and you don't have to pull any, you don't have to pull any punches, but did we do all right for you? You okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna post this thing and people are gonna send in all kinds of questions and all kinds of emails so I hope you guys know that we're going to have to do a follow-up show someday. It might not be till November, but what we're going to have to probably do a follow-up show. Steve, Steve has avoided me for a long time, but see, he finally got back on the show. So that's a good thing. What I'd like to do is, um, if you guys are cool with that, uh, touch base down the road, because, you know, obviously this is a, a, a moving pendulum, hopefully in the right direction at some point. And you guys are great resources to, I always say, have a, you know, a, a view 10,000 feet because you guys are so deep into it. And I appreciate the time. And, you know, the, the hobby is fantastic. And uh, I, I, think, I think this is a great opportunity 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, just for, for us to be able to try to utilize this and get more people into the hobby. I'm, I'm sure, Joe, you've seen that too as well on your end of it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> with everything uh, with everything going on, you know, it uh, you know part of my job is to try to get everybody on the same page <laughs> uh, because there's a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. So um, the opportunity to talk about these things uh, talk about the industry, talk about where we're at, um, I think is really valuable. Um, and, you know, will support us and support, you know, others as well um, in trying to gauge what's going to happen, where are we headed, you know, and, and hopefully give some type of feeling of, you know, understanding. Well, Steve Lundblad, Joe Shokas, Stefan Tanner, and uh, me. I appreciate you guys coming on. Joe, I think I saw your kid pop up by your sunroof, so you better make sure that they're not trying to get in your car. Get out of here. They're all locked up. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys coming on Blue Zoo. Stay healthy with the families um, and, and, you know, great business sense. And I'd uh, love to have you guys on again down the road. Thank you. Absolutely. You too. Thanks, guys. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Bluezer Radio. Until next time, you know how to listen to us. Talk to you soon. Bye. What makes Seagrest Farms the best? Everything Seagrest does is to provide the best quality, service, and dependability possible. From offering the best options for sustainably sourced fish to building a community connecting hobbyists and retailers. The goal is to always ensure the best experience possible. Say Seagrest and see the best. Discover Seagrest for yourself. Follow Seagrest on Facebook. Fluval, discover life below water. Fluval's pioneering spirit and commitment to technology and design are reflected in its wide product range from the technically advanced Fluval G series filters to stylish yet practical aquariums, including Fluval Edge, Chi, Profile, and Studio. Without Fluval's innovations, the world's aquariums would be far less inspiring. Go to fluvalaquatics.com for more. Do you find yourself asking which type of food is right for your fish? Ocean Nutrition provides a wide variety of foods made with select natural ingredients to best meet different fishes' nutritional requirements. They are appetizing foods with distinctive flavors that support coloration, help maintain health and vitality, and are easy for fish to digest so they produce less waste. Ocean Nutrition foods make aquarium keeping more practical and easier to manage. Reward your fish with the food they deserve. Feed them Ocean Nutrition. For more information on Ocean Nutrition Foods, visit OceanNutrition.com. Tired of frequent water changes? No time to take care of your fish tank? Can't clear cloudy water no matter what you do? Let EcoBioBlock infused with beneficial bacteria take care of your tank and give you back the time to relax and enjoy your aquarium. For more information and to order, go to Wondersave.com, spelled O-N-E-D-E-R-S-A-V-E.com right now. At Hikari, we've been making species-specific diets for decades, from ponds and tropical fish to cichlids and marine life. At Hikari, we do it because we know it matters. 
Go to HikariUSA.com for more. Setting up your first aquarium? Aquion has everything you need to be successful. From natural fish foods, self-starting power filters, decor, aquatic lighting, and of course, aquariums, Aquion has what you need whether you are setting up your first or 101st aquarium. Check out all Aquion has to offer at AquionProducts.com. Because with Aquion, it's all about the fish. Starting a freshwater aquarium? Try the new instant aquarium substrates from Carib Sea. Specially designed by Carib Sea to take the worry and frustration out of starting a new aquarium, these seven new substrates offer something never offered to the aquarist. Natural beauty and rapid break-in of new aquariums. Starting a new aquarium has never been quicker or easier. Just add tap water or purified water and you're on your way. To learn more, visit the Carib Sea website on Blue Zoo Radio and check out Carib Sea's instant aquarium. Carib Sea, trusted by professionals and hobbyists alike since 1972. Cordon's Novaqua Plus detoxifies chlorine and toxic metals while adding a protective skin slime coating, echinacea, and natural electrolytes and vitamins. Cordon's superior water conditioning products help make fish keeping easy. Visit Cordon.com and check out the entire line of products and ask for Cordon products at your favorite store. Cordon, trusted solutions since 1961. 